This message was presented through a partnership between GYC and GYC Europe at the 2012 conference in Linz, Austria. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Okay, so we are just about to start. Uh, time is 2.47, so that would be a good time to start. So um, this is the workshop, Sharing Divine Word with Human Hearts. Uh, my name is Don Miliares. I have been a Bible worker in Sweden, Scandinavia, for the last six to seven years. And today I work at a TV ministry, a media ministry called Lifestyle TV, where we are broadcasting via satellite and internet stream uh, the Advent message throughout Scandinavia. So we have millions of people uh, coming in contact with the Divine Word uh, through what we're doing there. But what we're going to talk about here is the personal setting of sharing the Bible with others, the personal Bible study. That will be the first session with a lot of practical tips and tools on how to do this. And then we'll have a short break. Then in the second session, we will, have, uh, um, uh, we will talk more about the reaching the heart and to cooperate with the Spirit of God, uh, making appeals and how to help our friends to make the decision of following the, the truth that we have presented in the, the, the Bible, uh, uh, the biblical uh, world, uh, word. So that's uh, what we're going to deal with here in this uh, workshop, Sharing the Divine Word with Human Hearts. So before we do that, let's have a word of prayer and uh, let's dive into this workshop. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for giving us your word. And now, Father, as you know, many of us are struggling with how to share what you have taught us and the Bible and our relationship with you with others. So, Father, I just pray that you will send your spirit to us in this room right now and to everyone listening to this message, that we will be inspired, that we will be trained and become more efficient in helping others to a saving relationship with you. That is my prayer. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now the Bible says in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse 23, the following. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but by imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. Talking about the experience of being born again, the author to 1 Peter here, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says... The Word of God has a, had an important role in the conversion, new birth experience, according to this verse. Can you see that? You have been born again through the living and abiding Word of God. Uh, this is what happened to me seven years ago. I was working at a, a Swedish company called Volvo Cars, if any one of you know that. Uh, great car brand. Uh, Volvo Cars, I was working there as a system engineer. And uh, raised in secular Sweden, skeptical mind, I did not have much interest in uh, religion. I did just not care. I said, well, that's good for you. It works for you. But for me, this works. And that is to have respect for my family and from friends, earning my money and uh, have, being on this career at Volvo. But uh, through some circumstances, I got in contact with the divine word of God with the Bible, a friend started to share Bible studies with me. And through that, 
I became a Christian, was baptized, and since that, seven years ago, I have been involved in full-time ministry to share the Bible with others. Now, I was called by God just a few months after my baptism. Through an experience like we have here, I went to a youth conference in Sweden. And I had studied by then with many of my um, uh, colleagues from, uh, from work and also uh, student uh, uh, friends. Uh, so I brought six of them to this conference. And I remember the preacher making an appeal. I just bowed down, closed my eyes, and prayed, Father, speak to them as you spoke to me once. Now I opened my eyes and I looked for the, for the people that had answered that altar call. And praise God, five of my six friends gave their lives to Jesus that day. Since that day, I have found my greatest joy in leading others to a relationship with Christ. And the tool that I use is what I believe should be the center of every evangelistic effort and outreach activity that we do as Christians, the divine word of God. And uh, that is what we will share a little bit about during these uh, about two hours that we have together. The Bible gives us this promise in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. This will happen, God says. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. Basically, God says, when you share the Bible, when you, when you give a Bible study, when you preach a sermon, when, as we do at Lifestyle TV, send the biblical message out through internet and satellite TV, when we do that, when the word of God goes out, it will have an effect. It will work. Personal Bible studies, I have found, is one of the most effective ways of leading people to Jesus. Basically, I believe that that should be the way of leading people to a relationship with God. So... Let's dive into this, uh, this workshop, because it's not always that easy, right, to, to, to share the Bible. There are some, some seats over here that are free. You can come in and take them if you, if you want that. I see at least seven of them up here. It's a good spot here. So welcome in. Uh, we need some preparations before we do this. So I will go through that, uh, what God has taught me and that have helped me in, in, in that work that I've been involved in. Uh, we'll talk about some preparations, then we'll talk about the actual study, what to say, what to not say, and how to say it, more important. And uh, then in the second uh, part of this, we will go into the actual reaching the hearts of people. It's not so much about sharing information, but about reaching people's hearts. Uh, that's what we will come into in the second session of this workshop. But let's start with some practical preparations. Now, the first thing you would like to do when you want to go out and give Bible studies is to find a friend, a partner, someone like-minded. You know, it's hard to do mission work by yourself. It's great when we do what we did on Sabbath. We go out 700 people like-minded at the streets here in Linz, and we encourage each other. We, we inspire each other, and we do it together, right? But when you go home, when you maybe are alone and by yourself, you know, that top of your spiritual excitement is up here, but then it goes down, right? And it might be 
might not be so easy to go out and look for those people that might have an interest in giving Bibles uh, or uh, listening to religious um, talks or topics or the Bible. So my tip for every one of you, find this friend, find this partner. I call, call it the prayer partner because we have different roles when we go out two by two, sitting down and helping someone to understand uh, the character of God in the Bible. Uh, that would be this. Not both of you will do the actual giving of the Bible study. Uh, that would be hard because then you will sit with one verse here, the other one will just sit and argue, and it's like you, both of you are sitting there and throwing things at that person, right? Uh, what you would like to do is that one of you are giving the Bible study. One of you are sharing the Bible study. The other one is what I call the prayer partner, the one observing, silently praying, an important practical tip, taking notes that they will then give to your friend as review material. Now, there are some several good resources of review material, and use them. We will talk more about that a little bit uh, later, but I would recommend that you write your own notes. Why? Well, because when they get these printed, nice, amazing facts, Bible studies, right, which are great, or whatever other thing, they will look at that and they will think, well, there must be a thousands of this, right? Because they are printed and nice and good looking. But when they get a personal handwritten note, they will take that and they will say, Pooh, is this for me? For me? They, there only exists one copy of this, right? Especially when you have a friend that writes nice and draws nice pictures of, 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 of uh, illustrations, you will give that to them and they will save it. They will read it. You know, you will see their Bibles growing like this when you meet them because they stuck in all of their notes there and they will save them and they will read them. One of my friends, they actually framed it. <laughs> it was a nice picture there of Daniel chapter 2, the statue there, and he just thought that this was so nice. So he framed it. They will keep it. So that's just a practical tip that I give you. If you give another review material, make sure that you also give them your own personal notes. Okay? Uh, anyway, practical preparations. Find a prayer partner that has this role with you, that helps you. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, it says, Two is better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. If you are sitting there by yourself and you're, the one that you're sharing your, the Bible study with ask a question that you don't know, maybe your friend knows, right? And they will help you. And you will encourage each other. You will have something to talk about. And you will, uh, uh, you will be more effective in the sharing of the word of God. I believe that. Find a friend and take them out with you. Another thing you would like to do is just a practical thing. And that is to keep a good record of uh, information about the people that you study with. Three things you would like to write down in... in, in in some way, about every person that you've studied the Bible with. And that is personal information, that's obvious, where they live, so you can find, back, find your way back there. That's address, phone number, uh, name, and all of these things. Uh, family uh, information, and if they have any interests or hobbies or other things. This will help you, especially, it might, well, this might be a, a tip, especially for those that might be involved in full-time Bible work. 
because you will have these 20, 30 Bible studies every week, and it might be hard to, um, to remember who was who and, and who had the dog and who had the bird and what were the names and all of these things that you would like to keep track on. Do you follow me? So that's, that's a practical tip. Just write that down. Keep that in there. Basically, to help you remember and to get to know them. Um, the other thing is what studies you have covered and how they have responded to those studies. You would want to write that down so you don't come there and you don't remember what study you had last week with this uh, person. Write down what, what I do is I also write down testimonies and experiences, which I can look back to, and it encouraged me so much when I remember, uh, remind myself of the experience that we have gone through together with God. These are the practical preparations, but even more important, the personal preparation, I would say. Some people ask me, Don, how can you find so many people to study the Bible with? What are you doing? Now, that's not the topic of our seminar here, although I have some, some, some tips about that uh, and some seminars about that too, which I believe is actually more important because that's some uh, more relevant question, I would say. Um, now, my just short thing about that, how do I find people to study the Bible with? I say this. Live the Word of God to create an interest in the Word of God. I was eating dinner with some friends, and all of a sudden we hear this banging on the door, boom, 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 and in comes the neighbor of that family screaming and shouting and saying, I can't take this anymore. It's too hard. She never listens to me. And she explains for us how her teenage daughter and her just cannot talk. They are fighting all the time. Now, I was standing there, uh, and I was thinking, oh, I need to help this, this lady. What do I do? Uh, I don't have a teenage daughter. <laughs> I don't have an experience in that. But something struck me, and that was this. Uh, a Bible verse came back to me. This is in Proverbs chapter 14, I believe. Help me. This is uh, where it says, uh, a soft answer turns away what? Bro, thank you. So this one came back to me because I come from a, a broken family. I come from a, from a divorced, divorced parents and fighting all the time and not, no religious principles at all in, in my background. But when I became a Christian, this was something that helped me practically in my relationships with my family especially. I went back there and this was something that helped me. When they started to argue, when they started to take up things from five years ago, I tried to show love to them. I tried to give them a soft answer and not engage in the same arguments with my, with my mother's new man or my parents' father's new girl or whatever. So, and this helped me practically. So I stand there in this room with this lady in front of me. I don't take up the Bible and say, hey, you need Jesus. You need to be converted. Here it is, okay? What I say is this. You know, something that has helped me is just this. When your teenage daughter starts to behave like this, try to be soft in your way of talking to her. Try to meet her with love. Be kind to her. Now she goes away, and one week later, the same thing happens. We're eating dinner, and on the door, boom, 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 in comes the same lady and says, oh, I can't take this anymore. She never listens. She sees me, and she says, you. She comes up to me, and she says, what you said, it works. 
but it is so hard. <laughs> now we talk a little bit more, and I give some other practical tips of what have helped me in my life. And at the end of that conversation, she says this, Don, are you a psychologist? Now, now I have my chance. Now I can say this, no, I'm not a psychologist, but listen, I know someone that knows every human being and knows how relationships should work the best. Where I get my information from and these principles that I've been sharing is from my faith in a God that communicates to us through the Bible. What has happened now is this. Now it's not me forcing myself upon someone else, right? Trying to get them, you know, let's study the Bible together. Now it's her coming to me with an interest, right? Because she has seen this works, right? She now has an interest and takes the, a step towards me. Remember this. I have taken the initiative, right, of sharing divine word. With, with, but I didn't tell her that this was from the Bible, right? I didn't give her that chance to build up this wall, an unnecessary wall, okay? But now she's interested and she says, where does this come from? Did you follow me? So personal, this comes from the personal preparation. We need to have this connection with God. We need to be able to be led by the Spirit of God and recognize the voice of the Spirit in order to know how to minister to people before we start the Bible study with them and also when we're there helping them. This is so important. Make sure that you have your personal devotional time. Make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus in order to lead others to a relationship with Jesus. So important in giving Bible study. Second thing, of course, prayer. And I would like to add not only that you pray for your friends just before the Bible study, right? As sometimes I tend to think like this. The only, the only time during the week that I think about my friend that I study with is just the hour before I'm going there to give this Bible study. Do you follow me? And I say, oh, yeah, I need to pray. Father, help me now and with this Bible study. And then I run over there, right? No, I have noticed that to be more efficient in my sharing the Word of God, if I have a habit of praying throughout the week for my friends, they become a part of my life. They become a part of my heart. They become a part of my uh, morning devotions. This is in the personal preparation. Make a place for your friends in your heart. Pray for them. Pray for them and pray for them. This will work. You know, we are not alone out there sharing the Word of God. We have access to help from angels, from the Spirit of God in this work. Involve them, okay? So don't forget that in your personal preparation. Uh, prayer for your friends. Now, I remember in the beginning when I started to share the Bible with others, I did not pray. I, basically, I, the only thing I shared was the only thing I knew was the one thing I shared. I would dare to say, when I started to give Bible studies, I was not even converted. 
I just went out there to my friends, and I start, this was just so amazing. I called God a supernatural intellect that must be somewhere out there. I did not know who Jesus was. I studied the prophecies of, of, of the, the Bible, and, and just uh, sh when I saw these amazing things, I just had to go to my friends and say, have you ever read this book? And I did not pray with them. I studied, but in my own strength. But listen, once I was thinking, how can I help this person? At that moment, I was converted and had a relationship with Jesus. And I thought, this girl, my friend here, she needs to know the friend that I know in Jesus. But how? She's so stubborn, it doesn't work. I did not pray with her. I did not pray for her. I, 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 I was so new, just before my baptism. So, but I said, well, God, you have answered some of my prayers for, my, for me. Maybe you will answer the prayers that I pray for her. Right? I did not attend a church regularly at this time. Uh, so I prayed for her, and I prayed during the, before we started to study the Bible. And not, even that, uh, not only that, but when I went to this Bible study, I sent a text message to some of my Christian friends and said, hey, I'm sharing the Bible with a friend. This is the time. Would you pray for us? And they write, wrote back, I'll pray. Now, I'll tell you, from that moment, that first Bible study when we started to pray, things happened. Things changed. Today, she is a baptized Seventh-day Adventist active in the ministry of God. I believe that prayer is so important in these personal preparations and in this work of sharing the Word of God with others. Do not forget that. Personal preparations, personal devotion and prayer, of course. And the second thing is, of course, to know the facts, to know the study. What I do, this is a practical tip, before every study, no matter how many times you have shared this topic, read it through. I do that every time. I just open uh, my notes. I open, read some verses. I pray about it. I fill my heart with that first experience that I had when I understood this part of who God is that we're going to study. Do that. Come to the Bible study prepared with the knowledge, with, the, with your heart prayed uh, and filled with, with that first experience when you saw this thing. And you will give the Bible study in, a, in a, an exciting, uh, interesting, and spirit-filled way. Don't forget the personal preparation. That's so important in sharing the Word of God with others. Now, we need to prepare also the actual Bible, stu Bible study. What we would like to do when we start giving Bible studies is to have a plan, to know what to cover. And uh, you would recognize this from, from a normal um, uh, evangelistic campaign or a Bible study set series that you have maybe read through. Uh, you would like, basically, you would like to find a good set of Bible study uh, materials that covers the Adventist message uh, in something like this. Uh, the Word of God, the great controversy, salvation, work of the Spirit. You can throw in there the Godhead, I study about the Trinity and what the Bible says about that, or the law of God, and so on. You would like to find a plan so you know what you, have, what you are studying today, what's coming next week or whenever you meet this 
friend. Now, practically, you could find a, a, a lot of resources. You will find uh, these things from your local church, your conference. Go there and see what they have. Find a good Bible study series. Uh, as I mentioned, I have used sometimes the, the resources from Amazing Facts. There's another set of Bible studies called um, uh, Lifting Up Jesus, if anyone knows about that. Uh, Google for these things. People ask me sometimes, Dan, what would you recommend to share? What kind of Bible study set series would you recommend that I use? I'll say this. Use the one that you are comfortable with. Use the one that you like. Find something. I write my own. I write my own. And basically, actually, I write individual Bible studies for every person that I study with on the same topic. Uh, did you get that? So, so if you look in my computer, you will find files that says this. The Word of God for Therese. The Word of God for Adrian. Because I, uh, that's another important thing. Even though you have a plan. You should not be so stuck to your plan so you are not open to meet the needs of your friend that you're studying with. You need to find out where this person is in his spiritual experience right now and try to minister to that, those needs. Many times, I do not start with the first one, the Word of God there. Uh, and, and never and seldom, I would say, I have followed with one person this set of, of plan through um, exactly like it is here. Most of the times I start, maybe the first Bible study, especially in secular Sweden, is not actually a Bible study, I would say, but we might only read one verse. And I'll talk about with them for 30 minutes, an hour, uh, about faith. What is faith? What's my understanding about faith? And I read Hebrews uh, chapter, one and verse, uh, chapter 11, verse eight, uh, 1, and that's the only verse we read. And then I give some illustration and explain what the Bible says about that. And we just discuss, and we can talk about uh, the existence of God and different things like that, and build uh, a, a friendship and, and a spiritual conversation that will go, grow into actual real Bible studies meet their needs. I remember one uh, man I met, he called himself a white witch. Now, he had some spiritual interest. He, um, he, he, uh, he had also some Christian interest because during full moon, he prayed to Mother Mary. Uh, so hey, he had some kind of Christian interest in, in his religion. Uh, so we started to talk and uh, uh, I, am, I asked him, would you like to study the Bible sometime? Uh, and he said, well, yeah, you can come back and, and we can continue this talk together. So I went from there and I was thinking, how do I start with this guy? Do I go into the great controversy and talk about the battle between uh, Christ and Satan and occultism? Uh, maybe not. How, do I go into the state of the dead and, and explain that this Mary she, he's praying to is, it might not be Mother Mary. What do I do to help this person? Now, the thing is, this guy, he had a cat, which uh, he needs to have because he's a white witch. So, um, so he had this cat that he, that actually was his re, what do you call it? Um, reincarnated, his reincarnated dead brother that uh, helped him in his life. So I saw that he really loves animals. Now, he didn't kill flies. <laughs> uh, so I thought this. 
I prepare a Bible study about how God relates to animals, right? And it was amazing. I studied through, I prayed, and I found this amazing, as you would do if you studied the Bible, how the Creator has this love for His whole creation. And I shared that with, with this, this, this uh, friend about how God relates to, to animals and how, how, what, which, which great love he has for them. That was the first Bible study I shared with, them, with him. And this built such a com uh, confidence and, 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 and uh, uh, trust in me and the Bible at the, from this uh, white witch. So he continued for several weeks to just study the Bible, and we came into these topics, and we have planted seeds in, this, this, in our friend's mind, and we continue to work with him today. My point is, even though you have a plan like this, you might want to throw in some topics that you find interesting right now. You might even want to start with something, but eventually you would like to cover the Advent message with your friends but be open to the guidance of the Spirit of God, okay? So these are some uh, tips of studies that I used to share with many people. Uh, practical things like how to know that God answers my prayers and how do I know the will of God in my life? Uh, how to surrender my life to God and how do I find a life partner? How do I resist temptations and how can I deal with fear? How do I know what's a good recreation? And things like this I like to uh, throw in. I prepare Bible studies about these things, and I share them when I, uh, when I find um, a good uh, opportunity for that. So in preparing this study, you want to have a plan. You have found a Bible study series set that you like, and you have studied it through. Uh, you are prepared with it. Uh, you might have written your own things. So... With your personal preparation, with your Bible study ready, with your practical preparation, you have your partner, you have your, a way to keep record of your friends that you're going to start studying with. When you are at this point right now, you, God will have sent send, uh, someone into your life that you are ready to share the Word of God with. Trust me, if you go home from GYC, apply what we have just covered, uh, God will eventually, when you are at this stage, God will have sent someone to you that you can share the Word of God with. So now it's time to book a time with that person. You will start to give, actually give the Bible study, and that's what we're going to go into right now. That was the preparations. Now some practical tips about the, the time and place. You want to book a time. You want to meet your friends, and I would recommend that you meet them once a week uh, for about 30 to 60 minutes. Uh, that is because, you know, I, I, of course I break these rules, and you will too. Uh, sometimes I study the Bible with, with people for half, half a day. Uh, and, but, but you need to be sensitive to, to, to how God leads you. And normally, this is a good thing when you help your friends. Because they might not have, if they sit there and you study the Bible for three hours, when you then call them again and say, hey, do you want to meet again? They will say, ah, I don't have three hours this week. Right? But if you have been there for 30 minutes or 60 minutes maximum, an hour, you're in, you're out within an hour. 
and you call them, they will say, yeah, I have that. Right? And actually, it was fun last time. And it was not all this uh, two hours of, of just information which we will go through right now here. And we will be, get tired and we will say, no, uh, not again. But they will look forward to it. Okay? So this is my recommendation once a week. Of course, that is also something that might vary uh, depending on who, who you study with. But once a week for 30 to 60 minutes, practical tips about where to sit. Find a good study environment, of course. So that means rather, rather sit by the kitchen table like this than in the TV couch because that's where they fall asleep, right? <laughs> that's where they are used to sit and uh, fall asleep. But at the kitchen table, it's easier because you sit there um, and um, it's uncomfortable and it's easier to be alert, right? <laughs> it's a better study, uh, study environment. And those of you that have ever been in school, you would know this, right? Uh, find a good place to sit and, and study. I would recommend, uh, sister, is, the, is this okay to uh, borrow this chair here? Is, is this your stuff? I just need this for, for trying to illustrate. I would also recommend that you sit in, in, uh, in a 90 degree angle. And that means this. I sit here, and my friend sits here. And that is for practical reasons, uh, because uh, it's easier for me to just uh, turn my Bible like this and show them. Then if they sit over there, I need to turn it around, and you follow, and I'll read the upside down, and like, well, where are you? So it's just for practical reasons that I would say this is uh, something that helps, but also psychological. This tells more through the positions that we are equal, right? We're side by side, studying the Word of God together. If uh, they sit in front of you, if it's a guy and I'm a guy, it will be a confrontation, right? Now, here am I, there are you, let's fight, okay? Let's, uh, you have your Bible, I have my Bible, let's, let's fight, okay? If it's a girl, it's like we're on a date, like, hey, <laughs> do you follow? So you don't want to create that. Just basically, practical tip, try to create a good environment for focusing on the Word of God, okay? And this is something that helps. This is something that just make, will make it easier for you when you are actually there giving the Bible study. Find a good student study environment. Now, you have a friend, you have a family member, you have someone that has said, yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's meet and let's talk about these things. And you have your time, you have planned it, you come there. And uh, by the way, uh, I will add this to, in the 90 degree angle, I would put my prayer partner here, okay? Or over, over here, of course, because that's also 90 degree angle. But I tend to have it here because then we look, both of us, in the same. Anyway, that's also practically, that just helps us and it's easy for me. Um, so let's talk about the actual Bible study now. You would like to, you would want to have a good structure of your study when you're going to share it. And this is the structure that I use uh, for that matter also in, in a sermon or in a Bible study or a presentation. Um, I start with just a short talk, like small talk in the beginning, basically to get to know them and to become a friend with them and know their needs. Be a good listener. Listen more than you talk. Uh, normally, some of us will think that 
also, and also some of us are afraid of giving Bible studies if we don't, because we don't know what to say. Uh, you don't need to know much to say. If you're there and are a good listener and ask questions, that will make an hour for you um, normally. So be a good listener. Uh, start to understand how they think and uh, how they have, I mean, questions like, how was the week? And you will also want to see how they have responded to the Bible study that you had last week. You can ask that. So how has it gone this last uh, week with the decision that we made together last week? You ask them that, and they will tell you, and you will know where they are and what kind of progress they are making in the work that you're doing together. Uh, important part, but not, don't make it too long. I would recommend just a five-minute talk. It might even be before you sit down at the table. From the door, you walk into the room, you talk with them, and you stand up. And after the five-minute uh, little small talk, you will say, oh, let's sit down then and do the study, okay? Uh, this is so important. Get to know them. Then you know what to share and how to minister to them in a better way. So that's the study structure that I start with, just a short talk. Don't do this afterwards. Don't do the small talk afterwards. You know, we'll talk about appeals and, and the, 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 the sometimes uncomfortable and very sensitive uh, atmosphere that will become um, after a Bible study. You don't want to, after they have made a life-changing decision, you don't want to tell them, so... How was the game last night? Did you watch that? You don't want to break that atmosphere. You don't want to throw that away or saying something else. Just leave them there. We'll talk more about that. Short talk before, up to five minutes maximum. Then I do an introduction. That's basically the, you tell them what you're going to study. So it's just a sentence. You just say, uh, today we're going to look into what the Bible says about the law of God. So let's, let's do that, okay? That's basically what you do. It's just a short sentence. Be, be specific and, 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 and clear about that. So you don't just sit there and they don't know what to expect. It's so important just to say that sentence, this is what we're going to do, because that will help them to remember and know what we are actually doing. Uh, my, 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 uh, you, you would, uh, when you're, you're teaching, is there any teachers in here? You might uh, agree with me that, that repetition is very important, right, for your students to, uh, to learn. And this introduction would be one of the ways that you s tell them what you're going to tell them. I would say this. For example, I put my Bible here at this table, and I will say this. I will first tell you what I'm going to do, and then I tell you what I'm doing, and then I tell you what I've done to just help you to remember that in this way. I say, hey, friends, I am going to pick up that Bible, okay? Now, look at this. I'm picking up the Bible, right? Did you see that? I just picked up the Bible. Do you follow me? So I'm repeating three times, but in different ways. And now everyone in this uh, workshop, you will maybe not remember <laughs> what we have talked about, but you will remember, hey, that guy, Don, he picked up this Bible. Yeah? That, that's what I learned. Do you follow me? Because we have repeated, and that's what the introduction is. The introduction is just to tell them what you're going to tell them. And then you tell them. And then in the conclusion, before the appeal, you tell them what you have told them. Okay? That's a good way of, of having a good structure of the Bible study. Um, of course, after the introduction, very important, once again, I will emphasize this. Pray with your friends. Pray with them. 
even though they not, might not be uh, interested in religious things, but they are just there to just like curious in listening and having a Bible study. Maybe they don't believe in God. Pray with them. Just say that. Well, you know, I'm, I'm used to pray before I open the Bible. Is that okay with you? You pray. I remember one of the first uh, persons that I, I started, to, started to study the Bible with. She was, she was grown up, like me, in secular Sweden, normal uh, um, family, uh, did ha didn't have any religious background, but she had a friend in church, and they were really good friends, and she, she went through this girl that I started to study with, went through some hard times, and she just thought, let's give it a chance. And we started to study the Bible. Now, in the end of that, by, well, I, st I prayed, but in the end of that Bible study, I, didn't, I don't know why I did this. This was in the early time when I started to give Bible studies. In the end of that Bible study, I just uh, asked this, this uh, girl, so would you like to end with a prayer? <laughs> I was like thinking, well, now God has just converted her because now we have shared the Bible and God will do the same thing as he did with me. And after this Bible study, now you, you need to understand this and now she will believe in God. So would you like to pray? She was like, no. Uh, and she said, well, why should I pray? I don't even believe in the existence of, of God. I'm just looking, f to searching for something more. But I don't want to pray right now. Now, for some reason, I asked her that the second time, too. So would you like to pray? She was like, no. And, and we continued to study the Bible. And I continued to ask her that question. Just because maybe I was naive or something. I just thought the seventh Bible study, now she believes in God. Now, do you follow? And, and we, we continued to meet for almost a year. And, and, and we studied the Bible. And I remember that day, in the end of the Bible study, I asked her the question. And I bowed down, closed my eyes, started to be ready to pray because I knew that she would say no. And sitting like this, I hear the most wonderful words that I've ever heard. She says, yes, I would like to pray. And to this day, this is seven years ago, to this day, that is one of the most beautiful prayers I've ever heard. This is a human being that is praying for the first time to Jesus, to her creator, to my God, to her God. She's praying for more understanding. She's praying for more faith to understand these things. She's earnest and saying, you know, I don't feel this thing that, that my friends feel, but if you're there, God, show yourself. One of the most wonderful prayers that I've ever heard. This girl is today a baptized Seventh-day Adventist, active in child ministry in our local church. Not because of me, but because of the divine word of God and the working of the Holy Spirit. It works. It works. Now, don't forget the prayer. Uh, then we're ready for the actual study. We go into the study, and this Bible study is basically, as you can see in the Bible study material that you have, it's basically a Bible verse and questions, and might be some comments or illustrations there. So Bible study is verses, Bible study uh, verses, uh, Bible verses, and questions to that verse, 
and some illustrations. And you should make this study simple and logical and practical. Simple, logical, and practical. Simple means that you will not share 20 verses on one topic. You will not share everything that you know on one topic to just overthrow them with, with a lot of information. S many of my Bible studies is only a few, five, six, seven verses. Especially in secular in, uh, societies where, where I come from, and I guess many of you will meet people that have never read the Bible, right? And they don't have the preconceived ideas, and they don't have the, their ten verses that they think says something else, right? And you need, think you need to show the, the other twenty that says something else. Do you follow me? Just share it simple and easy. And I, I'll say this. You should tide your information. What does that mean? What do you think that means? Give 10% of all that you know. Because then it's easy for them. It has been simple. It has been easy for them to remember. You have not covered like 20 Bible verses or 15 or 10 for that matter. But, uh, and, and also for you, if you have shared 100% of what you know and they after that Bible study ask a question, how much can you share? Uh, nothing, because you have shared 100%, right? But if you have shared... 10% and they ask questions, you have more to give, right? You have more verses. Well, let's look at another verse, okay? And another interesting thing is this. If you have shared just this, this thing to make it clear from the Bible that this is what the Bible teaches, then they will go home, they will read by themselves, and eventually they will discover other things that uh, supports that. And they will say, have you seen this story? Have you seen this story about uh, Jesus and, and Lazarus? It's actually, it says in there also, Jesus says that death is asleep. And you will say, yeah, that's right. And they, have, they will feel that they have discovered this by themselves, not that you have, they all, someone already told them everything. Did you get that? They will build their personal faith. Keep the Bible study simple and logical. That means uh, find some good questions and some good line of thoughts in your uh, study structure. Um, you know, resources and things like that will help you with this. And if you find something, a good set of Bible study series with a lot of Bible verses, take out some of them. You don't need to read all of it. And then when you leave that as a review material, they will go through and they will find other things. Do you follow that? So just keep it short, simple, and, and logical, and practical. Apply it to your, their practical life. Tell your own experience important Practical tip. Tell your own experience of how it was when you discovered this truth or this uh, topic from the Bible that you are studying. Tell testimonies. Give illustrations. Find some good illustrations that take, brings this point, these points home. And um, Bible study series will help you with some of these things. Just use these things and, 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 and in the Bible study, simple, logical, and practical. Now, we'll come to the most important part of the Bible study. That is the appeal, or the basically to take the information to their heart. 
to help them to make a decision to follow what you have studied together. I would say this is so important that if the only thing you did when you're trying to share divine word with human hearts, giving a personal Bible study, if the only thing you did was to come to your friend, read one verse, and make an appeal, that's better than coming there for an hour sharing 10, 15 Bible verses and not giving an appeal. Did you get that? It is so important because this is basically what's what, helping them to act upon it. This is basically to help them to not only be people with much information and knowledge and going around there, but this is what reaches their hearts. This is what brings this message to their hearts and to help them on this personal journey with Jesus. Now the appeal is basically, it's very simple. It's just a question. It's just a question to help them to act upon what you have studied. So you would simply say, so friend, is there anything that would keep you from honoring God's seventh-day Sabbath? That's the appeal. Just a question. And then you are quiet. You don't say anything after the appeal is made, after the question. The next word, the next uh, sound in the room should be your friend responding to that appeal. Let the Spirit of God work in the silence. Ask the appeal and wait. You might feel uncomfortable. You might sit there and, and, and think, oh, this is not, uh, oh, what, what shall I do? It's just so silent. And, and, and you might be tempted to just break the silence yourself and say, well, uh, and, uh, you know, it's also okay to good, do th good things on Sabbath. And you see the, that here. Do you follow? I mean, you, you are tempted to do something like that. Don't do that. Let the Spirit of God work. Give the appeal. If you think about, oh, I should have said that, don't say that. Keep silent. Let the Spirit of God work. Wait for their uh, response. Yeah? yeah? My experience is that if you come to these unclean um, topics, mm -hmm. like Sabbath, or eating meat, or don't eat meat, or stuff like that, before a conversion of this person, mm -hmm. I think sometimes it does not make sense because they may, may begin to keep the Sabbath, but don't know why. Just because I understood with my brain it's good, but I don't have in my heart that, that it was Jesus and that it was for him. Great question. Good comment. Yeah, that was a good comment. Thank you. And we'll come into that, definitely. And, and, and we, will, we will talk about this. But I agree with you. And one thing that will help your friends, uh, as our, our sister pointed out here, sometimes we create these, as I said, these people with just all, all of the information, but not their heart there. And, and the reason why, why that happens many times is because we don't preach with appeals and we don't teach with appeals. I believe that even, I believe that, that, and we will talk more about this in the sec second session about appeals and how we bring this to the heart. And that is, if you share a topic and you don't help your friend to make a decision upon it based on 
them being in love in Jesus and wanting to follow God, then it's better to not actually share this study at all, I would say. Listen, I, I will, uh, this is actually the second part, but I will just say this. I believe it's even worse, it's even worse to preach the truth with no appeal than to not preach the truth at all. Why? Because the first time someone, a human heart, hears the truth and they, they are ready to respond, but no one helps them, no one challenges them, no one takes their hand and says, let's go together, let's follow Jesus. They are there and they don't know what to do. The second time someone preaches the truth, the same topic, the same thing, and they don't respond to it. The third time, the same thing happens. What will happen in this process is that your heart and your friend's hearts will be hardened and hardened and hardened in this process. So when Mark Finley comes 10 years later and preaches the truth, the same topic, the same thing, and make an appeal, you will have a harder time and your friend will have a harder time to answer and make the decision and follow than if they have taken it step by step by step throughout this process. Did you get that? Now that's quite radical what I'm saying. It's, I think it's better to not preach the truth at all than to preach the truth with no appeal. Did you get that? Now if, if anyone wants to discuss that later, come to me and we'll after this in the, in the break and we'll discuss more about that. Sorry to, for that break. Let's continue with this and let's talk about more of the appeals after this, after the break, okay? And now let's go into the uh, Bible study structure with there, the appeals. Basically that includes a conclusion to what we talked about. That's basically, now this is what we have covered. I write the conclusion in, in small letters here and the appeal in capital because the appeal is the important part. That is to help your friends to, 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 actually, to make the, this study practical, to help them to make a decision and follow. So let's uh, um, talk more about appeals after the break. Now, some more practical tips. When questions come, these are something that will help you in your uh, involvement in sharing the Bible with your friends. Question will come, tip number one, do not pretend as if you know. If you do not know the answer to the question, be honest. Don't try to find out some uh, answer because you, you think they will laugh at you. Be honest and say, well, actually, I don't know that. But I can study that and I can look that up. And next week I'll come back and might, we might have an answer from God. Okay? Tell them that. And also, if you tell them that, do that. <laughs> this is how I have grown as a Christian in sharing the Bible with others. So many questions that I was, whoa, I've never thought about that. And I go home and on my knees I pray and I study and, and God teaches me and I grow in my experience with God. This is a great way of keeping your relationship with God up here and not down here. And that is to be active in mission work, be active in sharing the message of Jesus with others. Uh, be honest, and that will actually build confidence when you just honestly say, I don't know that. 
they will see that we are just two brothers in the human family, two brothers or two sisters, two friends in the human family that together are on a journey with God and learning from the word together. That's important also, you know, in the prayer that we talked about. The prayer before the Bible study should be short. It should be to the point, and it should be personal. And you should include yourself in that prayer. That means the prayer before the Bible study is not the part where you say, so what do you want to pray about? And you make this list and you pray for all these things, uh, or that you pray for the leaders in your country and all of these things. The prayer should be very short and to the point, personal, and include yourself in that person. Uh, that means you don't pray this, Father, now help us uh, to teach this ignorant atheist the truth. Okay? That's not what you pray. You pray this, Father, today teach us. Teach us. Help us when we study your word together. And it should be short and to the point. Simply, now when we study about your wonderful Sabbath, help us to see your will from the Bible. Amen. That's the, the prayer. Short to the point and pra uh, uh, personal and include yourself. Because that's what, you know, I, I learned so much from the people that I studied the Bible with. So much, even from the Bible and from how, people, how, how humans works. Uh, more blessed, the Bible says, is the one who gives than the one who, what? Receives. And that is a truth that I have experienced in this work. You, so include yourself. This is just you and another friend searching the will of God together. That should be the attitude. We will come more into the attitude of presenting Bible topics. Anyway, don't pretend as if you know. And also deal directly with relevant questions for that study. If they ask a question that are relevant for the understanding of that topic, deal directly with it if it will take a short time, okay? Before you continue. And that's seen also to our sister's comment here. If they don't understand everything and they go on and skip on and just... They are, but you, they, are not, they are not by themselves understanding from the Bible that this is the will of God and this is important for my relationship with Jesus, then you are going to fast. You might even need to break up one of these topics or these Bible studies in several parts. I do that several times because I see that my friend is not uh, moving as fast as, as I planned. Okay? So... Uh, Deal with the questions relevant for that topic. Help them step by step and make sure that they see the answer from the Bible when you answer their questions. It's not your opinion. It's sharing divine word, not sharing my word with them. Open the Bible. Point them there. If you have covered something already and they ask a question about that, refer back to that. Oh, did you remember that verse that we read? Let's go back to that and repeat that. And you read it again and you answer and help them to see from the Bible what the answer to the question is. Important part, do not argue. We often tend to, when people ask questions and when they have uh, objections, we often tend to start an argument and start to just throw Bible verses at them and say, this proves my point and this proves this and this proves this. And they throw back their argument. Do not do that. You are not there to argue. You are not there to, to, to lead them into behave or think or believe the same thing that you believe. 
but you are there to lead them to a relationship with Jesus. Did you get that? Do not argue. Now, in Testimonies, Volume 9, we read this, and I have found that this helps me in dealing with questions when I try to share the Bible with others. Volume 9 in Testimonies, page 147, we read, Often as you seek to present the truth, that's what we're doing when we give Bible studies, opposition will be aroused, but if you seek to meet the opposition with argument, you will only multiply it. And that you cannot afford to do. Hold to the affirmative. Angels of God are watching you, and they understand how to impress those whose opposition you refuse to meet with argument. Did you get that? We are not alone. If you are sitting there, you are, you are tempted to engage in an argument. Uh, remember this. When you refuse to meet them with argument, when you point them to the Bible, when you kindly help them to see what the Bible says, instead of just throwing out arguments, emotionally engaging in, in a discussion, angels of God are there. And they know how to help your friend. They know how to help them to understand the truth. Dwell not on the negative points of question that arise, but gather to your mind affirmative truth and fasten them there by much study and earnest prayer and heart consecration. Friends, follow this counsel. It will help you when you're out there and uh, sharing the Bible with others. You know, giving Bible studies is not about giving information, but presenting a person, and that is Jesus. Through the actual Bible study, through your behavior, and that is why we come into this important part in the end of this first session, and that is the attitude. Keep a positive attitude when you meet your friends. You're not there to, to, to argue or discuss or just force them into something that they actually don't want. Invite them to a relationship with God. The, sec the, the last part here is to keep a positive attitude. And practical tip, do not be shocked. Whatever they say, however they believe, however they act, do not be shocked. I remember so, uh, some people, they will just test you. They will do something just to test your reaction. They will sit down there and they will, take, uh, uh, they, they will do something that they know that you don't uh, do in your life. Uh, just to test how you will react with that. I meet, uh, I, I remember one, one guy, I went to, uh, I visited a, a backslidden Adventist, and I just came in there and I said, hey, I'm the new Bible work in the local church, I just wanted to uh, come by and, and say that there's a lot of people in the church uh, missing you, and I just wanted to talk with you and see how you are. So we sat down and we talked, and, and this guy, he was just smiling, and he, he did this, he took, uh, he, first he, he he took his uh, coffee and he put it up to me and said, here, do you want some coffee? And then he took his uh, cigarette and he started to smoke in, in, inside and he blowed out the smoke in my face. And I was sitting there and uh, praise God, I had heard this tip, do not be shocked. And I tried to show kindness. 
show a, a, a love for this person. Don't, don't uh, condemn or, or be judgmental when you meet your friends and your people. Show the character of Jesus. In Minister of Healing, we read, it was a continual pain for Christ to be brought into contact with enmity, depravity, depravity and impurity. But never, listen, but never did he utter one expression to show that his sens sensibilities were shocked or his refined tastes offended. Did you see that? This is Jesus. Whatever the evil habits, the strong prejudice, or the overbearing passions of human beings, he met them all with uh, pitying tenderness. This is what we ought to do. As we partake of his spirit, we shall regard all men as brethren, with similar temptations and trials, often failing and struggling to rise again, battling with discouragement and difficulties, craving sympathy and help. This is what you're doing when you're sharing divine word with human hearts. They are craving for sympathy and help. They might hide themselves behind an argument. They might hide themselves behind some, some habit that they try to fill, the void that actually only God can fill. Do not be judgmental. Do not be shocked. Remember to show the love and character of, God, of Jesus. You know, we will a lot of things might happen. Uh, I remember once we studied with this lady. We came back after several weeks of having Bible studies with her, knocked on her door, and she opens the door without a thread of clothes on her body, naked. And, and, and I, I, I look at her, and I look up in her eyes, and I take a step back, and I think, do not be shocked, do not be shocked, do not be shocked. <laughs> and... Praise God, I followed the counsel of going two by two. So I had my friend with me, a, a girl, and, and, and I pushed her in front of me and said, maybe you should take this. And I took a step back. You know, you will have such a, a, strange things that will happen to you uh, if you're engaging, helping others, uh, that, that you, you, you will just praise God for everything that he has led you through. Um, do not be shocked. That's the practical tip in the meeting people. Do not be shocked. Be enthusiastic and give them a good experience. You know, many times when I come to people uh, to give a Bible study, they say this, Don, I'm so happy that you're here. This is the best hour during my week. It is fun. We laugh together. We, tr we cry together. We, the, the, it's an enthusiastic experience. It is an exciting experience. It should be fun. It should be uh, something that they look forward to. You know, it's one thing to read the Bible like this. Then Daniel was brought in before the king, and the king answered and said to Daniel, You are that Daniel. And do you follow? And it's one thing to read like this. Then Daniel was brought in before the king, and the king answered and said, Do you follow? I mean, we can, we can do that. You know, it's like when we're singing. We can sing... Praise God to whom... Do you help me with that? You know the doxology? Or we can sing like this. 
praise God from whom all blessings flow. Right? Now we can, uh, sorry for that, by the way. No, we can, we, 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 we can choose to be enthusiastic, right? Now think about the first time that you experienced this topic, when you read these verses, and, and, and show that to your friends. You know, I have, believed it or not, but I have a hard time to make a good first impression. That's not good when you do Bible work, because you want to make a good first expression when you knock on the door for the first time. But believe me, if you would have met me out jogging with my uh, hoodie and, and unshaved, and, and, and um, you would run from me, you would think I would, were there to rob you. So, so what I need to do is to put, up, put on something nice and, 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 and try to shave, and, and I actually have to make an effort to look like this. Because normally, normally, when I think, when I'm just neutral, I look like this. It's, it's true. It's, this is how I am when I think. So, 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 so people look at me and say, are, are you bitter? What is, what's wrong with you? And I, I say, oh, no, I'm just thinking. Okay? So I need to make an effort. I mean, I need to use my muscles. It's like working out. That's just how I am. And, and what I'm saying is this. Do everything that you can, whatever it is, with your outward appearance, with your attitude, with your, with your face, do everything that you can to give them a nice experience. Show if, if your heart is filled with love, with joy about, and excitement about this Bible study, tell your face that that's how your heart is feeling. Did you get that? Tell your face that that's how your heart is feeling. Okay? And we can choose to do that. Uh, be enthusiastic and give them a good experience. Uplift the benefits of the study. So important. You know, sometimes people believe that Christianity is just a list of rules or a list of doctrines, that this is something that you need to follow. Now follow this and you're a Christian. Okay? You know, I, went to, I was invited to something, a panel discussion in Sweden, secular Sweden. I'm amazed to see many, so many religious people in one place because the Swedish state church took an initiative to invite different religious uh, people in, uh, into a panel discussion. There was a Muslim, there was another kind of Muslim, there was a Jew, there was a Catholic, there was a Pentecostal, Methodist, and there was a humanist. There was uh, Mormon, Jehovah's Witness, and they called me and said, hey, we saw you on TV and just wanted to hear if you want to come represent uh, Seventh-day Adventism. I told them you should call the office in Stockholm if you want a representative from the Seventh-day Adventist church, but I can come as a person and present my faith if you want that. They say, we want you to come. So I come there uh, uh, and we sit in this panel discussion and discuss different topics, and that was quite interesting. And... The first thing that we did was this. They asked us to, in one minute, uh, present our religion. So the, 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 the Muslim guy starts, and he says, well, I'm a Muslim, and in Islam, we can't do this, and we can't do that, and we can't do this, and we can't do that. Now, the next one was the other kind of Muslim, and he said, well, I'm this type of Muslim, and in addition to that, we don't do that, and this is forbidden, we can't do that, and we, do you follow? And it continues like that with the Mormon guy. He's like, well, I don't do this, and I don't do this, and I don't like you, and I don't like you. you follow? And, that does, and it continued like that. And even the Christians, the first Christians, they, they, said, they joined in the same thing. Well, we are a Christian, and the Bible says that we don't do that. Do you follow? And I was just thinking, I was sitting here, I was thinking, how could anyone in the audience be any little bit of interest in their religions? Did you get that? 
This is not Christianity. Christianity is not to work on your list of what to do or not to do. Did you get that? Christianity is a personal relationship with Jesus. And from that relationship comes a behavior, a lifestyle. It might include some of in that list. What I did was this. I was thinking, what shall I do? I just, in panic, shared my, my one minute simple personal testimony. This is my faith. This is my religion. I believe in a creator God. I believe that the Bible is the word of God to my soul. And because of my relationship with Jesus, I follow him wherever he leads me. Now after that, the humanist guy, you know what that is, that's people that don't believe in God and try to have a moral. <laughs> anyway, so, so the humanist guy comes up to me and he says, Don, I have never heard that explanation, that kind of explanation about Christianity. Tell me more. Did you get that? He was just, you are so earnest. You're, it's just, you spoke like you believed in what you said. That is Christianity, a personal relationship with God. And from that, because of my love to Jesus, I follow him wherever he goes and wherever he leads me. And it might include some of what they have on their list, right? But my focus is Jesus and on my personal relationship with him. Uplift the benefits of the study. Do not focus on, on, uh, uh, on sacrifices and all of these things, but uplift the positive in your relationship with Jesus and God. Last thing and most important thing in sharing divine word with human hearts, that is to make Jesus the center of every Bible study. If you don't know how the three angels' messages, how the doctrines in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, every single one of them, them, if you do not know how that doctrine, how that truth, how that part of the three angels' message are related to your salvation and your personal relationship with Jesus, do not share that topic. Did you get that? If you don't know how a doctrine, a truth, how the facts are related to your personal salvation and relationship with Jesus, do not share that topic. Someone made a, a bad work in teaching you, preparing you for baptism, if the focus was not Christ and you understand why Jesus wants us to follow him in all of the things included in the three angels' message. Study that, and you will be prepared to share. Christ-centered, focused on helping others, not to have them believe what you believe, not to lead them to the faith that you have, but to the faith of Jesus. Did you get that? This is the focus. Not to, not to uh, that you and your church should be understood, but that Jesus should be understood. Not that you are there to, for them to serve you or your church, but, but for them to serve Jesus. This is the focus. 
lead them, uplift in whatever you do, Christ and Him crucified, lead them to a pers personal relationship with Jesus. This is the focus. This is what's, why we're there. Last, sent last, last important part, hanging up on the cross, Christ was the gospel. You will recognize that first sentence from the sermon yesterday. You will get the context here. It continues and says this. This is our message, our argument, our doctrine, our warning to the impenitent, our encouragement to the sorrowing, the hope of every believer. Listen now. If we can awaken an interest in men's mind that will cause them to fix their eyes upon Christ, we may step aside and ask them only to continue to fix their eyes upon the Lamb of God. This is what, what it's all about in sharing biblical truth, giving Bible studies to human hearts, to your friends. It is to direct them to fix their eyes upon Jesus. And then encouragement for me. Because I sometimes think that what will happen if I'm not there? What will, who will teach it? How, who will continue? What will happen if I die or if I move from this city? Who will help my friend? Listen, this is an encouragement for you. If you can help them to fix their eyes upon Jesus, we may step aside and only ask them to continue to fix their eyes upon Jesus. We are leading them to a personal own relationship with God, not to a theory of, of, of your own thinking. This is the focus in sharing divine word with human hearts. Let's pray together before the, the break. Father in heaven, I thank you once again for your word. And I pray, Father, that some of us will be encouraged and inspired from what we have just discussed together that we will be ready to help our friends and people around us, that we will be engaged in sharing your word with human hearts. That is my prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so welcome back. And we will, um, before we start, I'll, I'll just have an announcement. I, I'm sending you around a, a piece of paper where you can write your name and your email. And I have promised to send you the, the PowerPoint that I have here, my presentation notes. So that might help some of you to remember. And uh, if you're interested in that, I'll, I'll send that and some, some other materials that might help you. Uh, so I'll send that around and uh, take it in so I'll make sure to send that to you. Okay, so we will going to our second uh, part of uh, the, the workshop, Sharing the Wine Word of, um, with Human Hearts. And uh, in the first part, we tried to share a uh, some of the practical tips and some tools for actual giving Bible studies. And now we will go into the more, uh, what I've called the cooperation with God, the, the, the dealing with... Uh, uh, with the conviction, with the, uh, working with the Holy Spirit and understanding the movings of, of, of conviction, um, an important part, and that's what we're going to cover now. In the end of this uh, second presentation, 
we will uh, leave some time for some questions. And hopefully, if you have any questions, write them down during the, um, the time here, and we will deal with that in the end, even both from what we're discussing now and from the first part of, of this. So hopefully, you will have some questions, and we will hopefully also have some answers uh, that might help us in this topic. OK, so let's pray together and then uh, dive into the second part of this workshop. Father in heaven, once again, we are thankful to be gathered here as brothers and sisters in you, in, in our faith in you. And we pray, Father, that we will, through the time that we spend here, be able to help our family to grow, that we will see others come into a, a saving relationship with you because of what we are discussing here and, and the the... Uh, the work that you have called us to. That is my prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you have your Bibles, I would like to invite you to open them to John, the third chapter, John chapter 3 and verse 8. In uh, John chapter 3, Jesus is sharing divine word with a human heart. It's the story about Jesus and Nicodemus. And it is teaching us in, 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 a, in a, an important way the working of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit in, uh, in, uh, when, the, when the truth, when the Word of God comes in contact with a human heart and the importance of that. Uh, no other place in the Bible, uh, God, Jesus explains more uh, or in a better way, step by step, the conversion experience. So if you want to know how to share divine word with human hearts. Study John chapter 3. Read the chapter called Nicodemus in the Sire of Ages, and uh, you will get a good foundation of, of how Jesus worked. And now we'll look into the working of the Spirit from that chapter in John chapter 3 and verse 8. In John chapter 3 and verse 8, Jesus goes to an illustration to try to explain the working of the Spirit. He says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Just as we cannot see uh, the, the wind, we might not always see the Holy Spirit, but we will see the effects of the wind, and we will see the effects of the working of the Spirit on a human heart. That is what we're going to look into now. Uh, when your friend comes in contact with uh, the truth, when your friend comes in contact with the character of God, when Jesus is uplifted, when the word of God is, is, is being sent out there in some way, maybe you listen to a sermon, maybe you are there in a Bible study, maybe you are there in your personal devotion, maybe you hear a testimony from someone uplifting Jesus, maybe from a piece of music that you're listening to, whenever a human being comes in contact with the, with the word of God, a force just as invisible as the wind is working upon that heart. The third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, is working on human hearts throughout the whole world. And we need to understand the work of the Spirit in order to help our friends to make that crucial decision of following Jesus. Let's look 
in another place in the, in the Gospel of John where Jesus speaks about uh, the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16 and also verse 8, John chapter 16 and verse 8, here Jesus in a simple verse explains the work of the Spirit. He says in John chapter 16 and verse 8 the following, And when He comes, that is the Spirit of God, when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. What three things will the Holy Spirit convict the world of? Three things. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's simply with my language. Uh, sin, that's what's wrong. Righteousness, that's what's right. And judgment, that's what the consequences of choosing either right or wrong, right? <laughs> so that, that's basically the work of the Spirit. And this is uh, what all of us in this room and everyone listening to this presentation you have once in your life, or several times, experienced this. This is when the Spirit of God is telling you that this is what you ought to do. Or this is what you ought, should not do. This is when the voice of God is speaking to your conscience when you come in contact with the Word of God. This is something called conviction. This is the voice of God speaking to a human heart. You might not see the Holy Spirit as you might not see the wind, but you will see the effects of a human being going through this experience of conviction. And not only to us as Christians, but according to Jesus in this verse, who will the Holy Spirit convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment? According to this verse, who? The, world. the what? The world. the world. Not only the Christians, but the world. Now, that is why me, I, uh, eight years ago, before having a relationship with Jesus, before ever opening the Bible, that is why I, eight years ago, when I did something, I heard this small voice in my head that said, Don, this might not be the best thing for you to do. Did you get that? I, was not, I did not have a relationship with Jesus, but listen, the, according to Jesus, the Spirit of God is convicting the world about what's right, what's wrong, and the consequences of choosing either right or wrong. This also happens with your friends. This also happens with the person that you are sitting there next and studying the Bible with. You might not uh, see it, but if you know what to look for, if you know what to, to, to see those signs, the effects of the wind or the effects of the Holy Spirit, you will be ready to help your friend to make the right decision. In Steps to Christ, we read the following. Like the wind, which is invisible, yet the effects of which are plain, plainly seen and felt, is the Spirit of God. In its work upon the human heart, that regenerating power which no human eye can see begets a new life in the soul. It creates a new being in the image of God. While the work of the Spirit is silent and in, uh, imperceptible, its effects are manifest. And this is what we're looking for. Practically, you need to look for the effects of the working of the Spirit, the signs of it. 
You know, before I understood this, I could not help my friends as efficient as I can do today. This is crucial in sharing divine word with human hearts to understand this point. I was preaching in, in, in a, just right after my baptism, I was sharing my testimony in, in a church where I, and this was the first time I experienced someone else going through conviction and I did not understand what was happening with that person. Um, some weeks after my baptism, I was standing there and sharing this testimony in a church. And afterwards, we, I stood and, and shook the hands of the people leaving the, the, the hall. And, and one, this grown-up man comes up to me with tears in his face. He's crying. He takes my hand and he says, Don, I am not living a Christian life. I was shocked. <laughs> you know, I, I stood there. I did not know what to do. I was afraid. I was thinking, what is this? What is happening with this guy? Just crazy behavior. Uh, and I did not do anything. I, I, I just stood there, shook his hand. I didn't say anything. I was just in panic. He just left. I did not understand what he was going through. But if I understood what we're about to talk about here, I could have done something to help my friend to make a decision based upon what the, the Spirit is right now trying to teach him. I could have just simply said, friend, whatever it is in your life that God is impressing your heart with now, follow that. You know, let's pray together. Let's talk about this. Do you follow? You should do something when you see your friends going through conviction that is the Spirit of God speaking to their conscience, teaching them what's right, what's wrong, and the consequences of either following right or wrong. Important thing. Now, practically, what do we look for? These are some of the things that I have experienced and that you might see in your friends' uh, behavior. Uh, tears. That's an obvious thing. Maybe you have experienced it yourself. You're just so touched by the, the Word of God, and you understand that you need to act upon this, this, this message. Uh, you need to make a decision, and, and you are so touched that tears uh, come from your eyes. Working at the TV station, uh, we are broadcasting throughout all of Scandinavia to millions of people uh, the message for our time, and uh, we invite evangelists and preachers there from all over the world to help us in this work. Um, so I took the chance when they came there, Mark Finley and Louis Torres were some of them that we invited. I took the chance and said, hey, why won't you come with me and we meet my friends uh, that I studied the Bible with. You give the Bible study, I sit and listen and see how you are reaching human hearts. Did you get that? And this is something that I, I'll tell you. From, from my years of, 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 or my hours of, of spending time in what we are doing here, which are great, and, and in sitting in, in Bible school and, 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 and reading books about this topic, I have not learned so much uh, as I did during those hours of being mentored by people that have an experience in sharing divine word with human hearts. Did you hear that? Find that friend. Get that opportunity. Go with your pastor. Go with your, a Bible worker. Go with an experienced evangelist and, and see how they work. This is how Jesus taught his disciples, right? 
he taught them the, the tips, the, 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 the facts, the, 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 the message, but he took them with him and he said, now look at me and follow me. He showed them how he was reaching people and then he said, now go and do the same thing. I'll tell you, I've learned so much from that, those experiences. And one of them was this. Louis came with me to a, one, one of my friends that I studied the Bible with. He was a professional basketball player in the same age as me. He was this tall. And, 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 and um, he had just gone through, a, a, he had just injured his knee and his career was just broken into pieces. So when I knocked at his door, he was like, whatever, I just take this chance and study. He has a background of, of uh, uh, he has a Catholic background. He did not believe in in God when I met him, and he did not read the Bible, uh, and he lived the life that he just, uh, thought was best for him. So this was my friend, and I tried to say, tell Louis that in, when we drove into to the, the to the city together, I tried to mentor my mentor. Right? I was trying to tell him how to act. I was like, this guy, you know, he doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe in the Bible. You need to start with something like that and try to help him there. Do you follow? And by the way, he's in the same age as me. So, I mean, and he lives in my culture, not in America. And, you know, this is how it works. Do you follow me? That was my conversation, and he fell asleep. <laughs> like, I was sitting there, and I thought, okay, well, he might know what he's doing. So we came to this friend, and this is what Louis did. The first thing he does after the small talk, after the five minutes getting to know each other, he opened his Bible to, to, to John, 1 John chapter 2, where it says, <laughs> uh, you might help me with the reference, where it says, the one who has the Son has the life. Where is that? Somewhere there. You recognize it, right? Okay. So he, he opens the Bible. We read that verse. This is the first thing that happens in the Bible study. And he asks my friend, his name was Adrian. He asked him, and by the way, I'm thinking, what is he doing? He needs to start with something else, not the Bible, right? And, and he, he asked my friend, so who has the life? Um, Adrian looks into the verse and he says, well, the one who has the son. Louis says, yeah, and that is Jesus. Adrian says, yeah, yeah, okay. And then Louis says, so Adrian, do you have Jesus in your life? Adrian says, nope. I'm thinking, Louis, no, this is not the way to start. And I know him. Yeah, and so, so I'm sitting there, I'm not saying this, but thinking it for myself. And Louis says, so after he says, no, I don't have Jesus, he says, so do you want to have eternal life? I look at Louis, I look at my friend, and he says, no. <laughs> now I'm thinking, Phew, Louis is not the one that I thought he was. <laughs> now, now, what are you doing? What, what, what would you do? You're sitting there with a friend that have some interest in, yeah, let's give it a chance and study the Bible, and that person doesn't even believe in God and doesn't even want to have eternal life, what do you do? Well, this, is, this is amazing what Louis did. It is so simple, but yet so complicated. <laughs> because it comes from an experience of knowing the needs of a person, reading them, uh, ministering to them, an experience of timing, that is to know what to say and when to say it. This is what Louis did. 
I'm looking at him, I'm looking at Adrian, I'm thinking, Pooh, what will happen? Louis says, Adrian, I know that you do not want eternal life in sin. Did you get that? I know that you do not want to live the life that you're living today forever. Do you know what happened with my friend? He sits there with his muscles, with his tattoos, this, this, this athletic guy. He sits there and he starts to cry. I see tears in his eyes. That is a sign of conviction. That is a sign of, Adrian, follow me. That is the voice speaking to his conscience. You're going the wrong direction. There is something more for you. Now, Louis takes the opportunity. Listen, this is five minutes into the Bible study. This, this is five minutes after this guy has met this guy for the first time in their lives. And Louis now can share the gospel with my friend. And he tells me, you know, friend, there is a better life. There is a better life with no injured knee, with no sickdom, with no broken families, with no sorrow, with no pain or death. There is a life without sin. And that is the eternal life that we just read about. Let me tell you more about that. Did you get that? Now, this is nothing that you and I can just copy and say, whoa, skip the Bible study plan and just do this one verse Bible study with all of our friends. Right? That's not how it works. Because this comes from the experience of cooperating with the Spirit of God, knowing, reading people in this short five-minute talk with them at the door, with the first meeting, that you see the need of them because you have met 10 people in the same situation, with the same need, with the same face expression when you say something, with the same reaction when you deal about a topic, the same argument, and you know it's not, that, what, it's not this thing that they need, but they need this thing, and you give it to them. Did you get that? That's the cooperation with the Spirit of God, knowing the signs and the effects of conviction. Now, how do we do this? We will look into some of these things, but the best way is to go out there start to share the Word of God with others. You do not learn to swim on land, right? But you learn to swim where? In water. You need to jump in and learn to swim there. I would encourage all of you in here to get involved, to take what we have discussed here with your home, do the preparations, and find your friends, family members, or wherever it is, and start sharing. Knock on doors, invite people, share the divine Word with human hearts. But let's continue to talk about this. This will help us. Now, some other tips, signs of conviction, tears. It might be tears of joy or tears of understanding that I'm going in the right, wrong direction. Look for that. See that. If you see a friend in here in the, listening to a sermon, you see these things. Do not leave them there. This is the practical role that you have now. That is, when you see signs of conviction, you need to come there as a friend and help them to make the right decision. Did you get that? That's the practical role that we have in the Bible study. You need to come there as a friend and help them to go through whatever they are experiencing right now. 
this is not the place to see your friend there and you come up and you say, yeah, I know what you're going through now. I've tried in 10 years to talk about, about this topic with you, but now you get it. Now follow. You follow? That, that's not how you do that. Now this is the time to come there and reach out a hand and say, hey, I know how it is to go through conviction. I myself are weak. I know what it means to struggle with my will going that direction, but God's will going that direction. I know what it means. You know, going through conviction, you have experienced it yourself. You have made life-changing decisions in your life. You know that that in itself is so hard, so you don't need a friend there to pushing you down and just making you feel miserable. Did you get that? You need a friend that comes to you and says, Hey, let's pray together. Praise God what he's doing in your life right now. If you see a friend listening to a piece of music, if you see a friend listening to a sermon, answering an appeal, going up to an altar call, do not leave them after that alone. Go, get close to them and help them. That's what it's all about, of reaching people's heart. Take that chance, because when, when, when conviction goes away and they do not make the decision, it will be harder for them to make the decision next time they go through conviction. Did you get that? Be there. Be active. Yeah, now you might see tears. You might see peace or happiness in their face expression. I remember one lady, she came to a Bible study group, and she was kind of this, this, this stone face. She did not show anything of an emotion in her face. You know, this kind of poker face, you know, like this. She was like, didn't show anything. I couldn't read her for, for anything. And she was... She was the same, same way throughout the Bible study. She was just sitting there listening and, and didn't show any affection. And after several weeks, she came to the same Bible study. And I was thinking, how can I help this, this lady? Throughout the study, throughout the appeal, she was just sitting there, stone-faced. I got impressed by God to prepare a Bible study about how to deal with fear. And it had helped me in my life. And I thought this group might need this too. And I, I shared that. And I came there prepared. And through the Bible study, she was sitting there stone-faced. She was sitting the same thing. But when I came to the appeal on this topic, her face just changed. I'm telling you, it was like she became 10 years younger. She, her eyes just lit up. Her, her, almost like her face changed color. Happiness. I was thinking, this is it. This is conviction. Now is the time to ask her to follow what we've just studied. To give her heart to Jesus. To start that walk together with God. This is the day. This is the time for this person. And I made the personal appeal. Today, She's a baptized Seventh-day Adventist member of my local church to the glory of God. Now, that is conviction, and you need to be there as a friend. Ask that question. Make, give the appeal. Help them. Throughout, give your, 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 your help to them. They might draw closer. They might sit there and, and just, just a slight change in their, in their face. You need to look for these things. I remember we came to... Um, to uh, uh, I came to a home uh, invited by the mother of, of several uh, children, 
she was, I was sitting at the table and she was dragging her teenage son in there. He was about 17, 18 years old. Uh, his whole his whole attitude just screamed rebellion. He was like, I don't want to be here. He had his, his black jacket on with all his metal on, and he was identifying himself with a human idol instead of an inward character of Jesus. He had these big diamonds in his ears and looking like he was like... I don't want to be here. He was a screaming rebellion. Now he said that in the, like that in the beginning of the Bible study. And uh, I started to share this topic, amazing prophecy about that we can find in Daniel chapter 2. So that was what we were sharing. And throughout the Bible study, this, uh, this young man, he started to, to move like this. He was sitting like this. And then, and then, and then in the end of the Bible study, he was sitting with his Bible in, in front of him, open and like this. Huh. <laughs> Following along, this is a sign of something happening in his life, something uh, grabbing his heart, something touching this human heart. That is a sign of conviction. I see that. I make an, a personal appeal for my friend to continue to study the Word of God. Today, this young man and his whole family are baptized Seventh-day Adventist members of my local church. And he is active in doing the same thing. Today, his friends does not recognize him. He has just changed his lifestyle and his attitude, the way he speaks, the way he thinks, the way he acts. His, his whole expression just screams, my focus is not on outward appearance, but an inward character like Christ. That is what he is communicating to his friends. And that is what they see when he gives Bible studies. And he has led people to a relationship with Jesus, to the glory of God. Now that is from, from recognizing this drawing closer or can't stay away. They just want to study the Bible with you and just get, want to be there. The opposite of that is that they avoid. Maybe you have experienced that. And that is when your friends, they are, when the light comes to their lives, as the light when it comes to this world, when Jesus came to this world, uh, people did not like to be close to the light and stay in the light. They wanted to stay in darkness because in the light their dark ways were clearly seen, right? That is why they avoid. They want to, don't, oh, I feel uncomfortable around these people because uh, I am convicted about my own way of living. Did you get that? So they might avoid. An extreme example of that is one of my, another experience. That is, we came to, a, uh, we had an evangelistic seminar, and a friend of mine was, was preaching, so I was organizing the thing, and I was standing there looking at the people coming in, and I recognized a lady, once again, uh, another lady, dragging her son into that too. Uh, and and uh, he was coming there. She was. It was one of the ones that we studied with, a Pentecostal uh, lady, and she wanted her son to be at these uh, meetings. So he, he was coming there. She was coming there. And at in the at the door to the meeting hall, he was just pushing her away, jumping up and running down the basement of the church. 
Now, I seize this, and I look at her, because we know each other, and I say, I'll take care of this, okay? I run down there, and she, he just comes up, passing me, boom, like this. And he runs out through the church, and I'm thinking, I'll follow him. <laughs> so I run after him, and when you work as a Bible worker in a city, you get to know that city. You know all of the streets, you know all of the corners, you know the city. So I go out there, and I know that he is running that direction, so if I run this direction, we will meet eventually. That's what's happening. I'm running, and he's younger than me, so I, I think, oh, this is, um, I, need to, um, I need to really find the right way here. So I'm running, and in a corner, a steep corner, we almost bump into each other. And he's like, whoa, what, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, I'm just taking a walk. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying, well, I saw you running up the church, and I thought maybe I could help with something. So we start to talk, and as I know this city, I'm, I'm directing our steps back to the church. He's talking with me, and I'm just listening to him. He is raised a Pentecostal Christian, and now on Facebook, to all of his friends, and in his own heart, he has proclaimed himself to be an agnostic. I do not believe in God. I don't want to have anything to do with this. Uh, to be nice to his Mother, he comes to that meeting, but he sees that and he said, no, I'm going out of here. I don't want to be here. He tells me this story. I'm going there. I'm thinking, how will I help my friend? This is conviction. This is avoiding, trying to uh, go away from there. I know that he knows the truth. He knows what he ought to do. How can I help my friend? We go back and we come to the church eventually. He looks up at the church sign and I'm thinking, oh, no, here we go again. <laughs> But he doesn't run. I say this, friend, why don't we go down to the basement? We don't need to go into the meeting. Let's go down to the basement to continue our talk. He says, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So we go down and we sit there. And I don't know what to do. So I pray. We sit there by ourselves in, in this room. And we pray. Uh, sorry, I pray. <laughs> and I'm trying to find something to say. But listen, when you don't have words to say, God may have words to say, right? So I pray, and this is what happens. Right after my prayer, true story, we hear a voice. Someone turns on the speakers in that room. <laughs> so we hear the preacher up there. So it's, it was not something, uh, a miracle. So, so, but anyway, I think that in the beginning. Because I, yeah, I just pray, and all of a sudden I hear this voice in this room. Someone turns on the speakers, and it, it is, and this is the first words that come out from the, from the speakers. There is a God. <laughs> And then this preacher, I don't know if you, you know him, it's, uh, he's, he, um, his name is Don McIntosh. Uh, anyway, he's sharing his personal testimony. And if you have ever heard that, his personal testimony involves him coming to a camp meeting, going through conviction, running away from that camp meeting through the forest. A friend sees that and running after him. <laughs> and that is the story he's about to tell the first thing he says there is a God and then he tells this story when he's done with that story someone turns off the speakers now I have been looking for the angel that turned it on and off I haven't found it yet but that's what's happening I pray, it goes on and my friend after that when it goes off my friend just sits like this and I sit like this and, and, and the only thing I can say, the only thing I can say is this. My friend's name is David. David, 
there is a God. There is a God. My friend starts to cry. And he runs into the bathroom and locks himself in there. And that's the end of that story. And we, today, he has still not come back to God. This was three years ago. But I'm there helping him. I'm still a friend of him. He knows where to go. I still minister to him. I'm still a friend. We still spend time together. He knows whenever the timing of God comes, he knows where to go. Pray for him. This is my friend. And this is what it means to work with human hearts. Recognize conviction. Be there. He will and, and help him to make the decision. Help your friend to make the decision that the Spirit of God is telling them to do. That's your role. See that. And trust me, miracles will happen. Amazing things will happen because you are not alone. Angels and the Spirit of God is at work. You just have to be there, available as a friend. They might be twisting in the chair. Uh, they might be twisting like this. You haven't seen this. They might turn like this. Look for these small signs and be ready and, tr and, and ask the question. Ask them to follow. An appeal is simply a question, as we talked about. You might build it up with an illustration or a story, and then you simply ask the question. You say, so friend, have you, have you understood what we've just studied about the law and the Sabbath? They say, yeah. So do, can you see that the will of Jesus is to give us that special rest every Sabbath, every seventh day, as a blessing for us? Your friend will say, yeah. And you say, you know, when I started to keep the Sabbath seven years ago, oh, what a relief. I was spending so much time in school and in work. So on Friday evening, when I just made the decision for the first time to don't think about work, don't Think about school. Just rest. Oh, what a blessing it was. Friend, do you want to have this experience? Is there anything that keeps you from following Jesus in this part in your life? That last part is the appeal. Just ask that question. A good question is, is to ask it in that way also. Is there anything that would keep you? Not say, you won't say this. So do you want to follow the Sabbath? Or do you want to honor the Sabbath? What you say is, is there anything that would keep you from it? Because why? Because then they start to think by themselves. Did you get that? They are thinking, well, is there anything that keeps me? It's not you helping them to behave and act like you, but it's you helping them to think for themselves and by a personal decision, personal faith, because this is their Jesus asking them, not their friend, making that decision. And they are thinking, is there anything keeping me from this? And they will answer the appeal. Uh, anyway, let's continue to, to talk about some practical uh, tips on what to do there when you, they go through conviction. This is the, in the end of this last preparation. Help them to make the right decision. Simply ask them to follow Jesus. The question is, what would keep you from? That's the key question. Then fill in the blanks. So whatever you want them to make of, any, of, of, of a decision. Important, be silent after the appeal. We just spoke about that. Read that uh, uh, verse there. It might help you to, to see an example of this. Uh, answer their earnest questions. Also answer the question if they don't respond to the appeal. Uh, positively, if they say, well, 
you know, yeah, there is something keeping me from, from, from honoring the Sabbath. You know, if, if I quit working on, on Saturday, I, think, I don't think I will make it with my family to take care of them, to provide for them. You will deal with that. You need to deal with that. And the way to deal with it is not to say, well, you will burn in hell for this. You, you, do you follow? That's not the thing. What, the, the way to deal with this is to give sympathy and help to your friend. The way to deal with this is to point them now to promises in the Bible about this particular issue that they are going through right now. You show them that if we focus on the kingdom of God, God will give us everything else. You tell them a testimony how it was for you when you first chose to follow Jesus in this point in your life. You tell them, now Jesus helped me in this way. You point them to promises that have helped you and have blessed you. And you say, let's claim this promise together, friend. Let's pray. You see, we don't have anything to fear when we make a decision to follow God. Okay? Let's do what's right and leave the consequences in the hands of the mighty creator God. Okay? That's the way of meeting them. That's the way of helping your friends. See the signs of conviction. Ask the question. And now point them to promises. Point them to Jesus. Help them to walk. Take that step in faith. Walk together with you. Do whatever you need to do. Appeal to them. That's what it means. It's an appeal. It's a, it's a cry out from, from the bottom of your heart. And better yet, from the heart of God. To help your friend to accept salvation in Jesus. To follow him wherever he leads. That is your role. Be there as a friend. Support them and help them to make that right decision. Be kind and loving. So important. We have talked about it, but in the end I will emphasize that once again. Show Jesus in whatever you do. That's what it's all about. Lead them to a relationship with him. You know, making an appeal, uh, uh, um, going through conviction, that is all about choosing either to follow God's will in your life or following your own will in your life. That's what you're going through. You are taught what's right and wrong and consequences of it. And you, you're, you're faced with a decision you need to make. It's either following God or, or the word of God or his principles or the law of God or following your own desires and your own thinking. That's what it is. And the only thing that helps there, the only power that can help a person in that situation is the love of God, the love of Jesus. Let's read that together from the book Evangelism, page 484. We read, or end quote, While the claims of the law of God are to be presented to the world, we should never forget that love, the love of Christ, is the only power that can soften the heart and lead to obedience. Did you get that? This is what it means to share divine word with human, human hearts, to present the love of God as the only power that can soften our human stone heart 
to melt when we see the love of God and make the decision to follow wherever Jesus leads us. That's what it's all about. Now, we will end this uh, workshop here, this uh, session. And uh, I have been passing around a sheet of paper where you can write down your name and your email, where I will send you this presentation, and it might help you. If, <laughs> if, you, if you have any other questions, that we, we will spend some time now, five minutes of, of, of answering some questions. Otherwise, you can write to me. This is my email address. If you have any questions uh, concerning this or other things, you can write to me at dm at lifestyletv.se. That's my working uh, email address. And if you want other resources, just write to me, and I'll be happy to share. If you have a personal situation that you are trying to work with a friend, don't hesitate. Write to me. I might, I might be able to help. And I might go, be gone through the same experience. I'll take that time, I promise you. So, so contact me if you want that in, at dm at lifestyletv.se. Uh, if you have other questions, write to me there. Otherwise, let's leave the five minutes that we have left for some questions, and hopefully we will also find some answers. So it's open for questions. Just raise your hand. Sorry? Yeah? Preferably, yes, I do. Because if we are in a group study, uh, you cannot always deal with the specific need of all individuals, right? So it, it's good with, Bible, with group Bible studies, but you want eventually, if, especially if it's evangelistic and you're trying to help them to, to uh, follow Jesus and into relationship with him and in, into a preparation of, of, of his second coming, you want to eventually go into personal Bible studies and sit down with an individual or two or a family that are close that are on the same spiritual level and journey right now. That, that's what I would recommend. But the personal Bible study is so important because, you know, your friends will open their hearts to you. I mean, some of my, uh, no, my best Christian friends today in the church, in the Seventh-day Adventist church, they are people, not raised up Adventists, but people that have helped into the church. Why? Because we grow so close together. These are my, 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 my brothers and sisters right now. We have gone through hard decisions together. We have cried. We have prayed. We have struggled with sin together. And, and, and that's how close you grow to people. And, and, and that's the, the, the strength of these personal Bible studies. So that's my recommendation. One-on-one -on -one personal Bible studies uh, in that kind of setting. Thank you. Other questions concerning what we talked about now and also in the first session? Just raise your hand if you haven't. Yeah, please. I think it's a little bit easier to hear it here. Yeah. Because when I got Bible studies, I'm like not raised up in the church. Mm -hmm. And I hear that was the point when I feel uncomfortable because I felt a big pressure yeah. to make a decision. And I, I, like the, I, I love the Bible studies every week. I, I was looking forward to it every, every time. Mm -hmm. But I didn't like when he made, made everything. Any, anything was appear in the end mm -hmm. because I was not willing to answer yeah. like you said mm -hmm. give room for the answer and the silence is very um, uncomfortable very yes. yeah. and I hated it and then it was the only point that was this quick deep appeal yeah. but it's difficult to say because uh, they don't want they, I think they learn they learn these like, like you said and they do but for me it was 
Yeah. Yeah, I get you. And I, I'm sad that you have had that uh, experience. I, I don't, uh, I, I don't uh, wish anyone the same thing. But at the same time, I will say this. Uh, I don't know why or how it happened, but if you, you need to be con you need to be open to what you that kind of experience too. If a person is not just not ready, if if a person just doesn't understand why it's important to make a decision, or if a person just doesn't understand what what this is all about, or if it's just if if you, and listen, if you are not in the personal preparation, if this is just you, yeah, someone told me to make an appeal. Do you follow? If this is not something that comes from your heart, it might create that kind of situation. I, I would tell you, uh, the personal preparation is so important. It, it and the focus. You need to help your friend to see your your loving mo motives that you have. In, in order to help them to a relationship with Jesus. So, so I'm, I'm sad that you have had that experience, although I would still encourage all of you, because otherwise it is. I mean, it's basically just sharing information. It's not leading a person into a relationship with Jesus. It's not making a, a, a Bible study practical, but only theoretical. That is basically what it is. It's not a, a, a cold thing, yet yeah, do this, to fool people into... To, to the church or anything like that. It's, it's an appeal from your heart to help your friend to follow. And the important thing, if you're not going through conviction, if the person is not going through conviction, you're not making the appeal. Did you get that? You shouldn't, you should, this is the timing. You need, to, you need to see that now it's the right point, okay? And, and, and you need to make, you can make a softer appeal or a stronger, stronger appeal, more personal, direct question. I would say this. If you see a person that might not be, be, be going through conviction and you're coming to the end of the Bible study and you think, I can't see anything there, you might give a general appeal. Did you hear, hear that? That's different from a, per, from a personal direct appeal, specific appeal. And that's okay too. It, is, it does not have the same effect. Far from it. A general appeal is this. In this room, I say so... Great workshop, right? Let's go out and, and share Bible studies uh, with our others. We want to be in heaven with our friends. Isn't that right? How many in this room would, be in, would like to be in heaven? Everyone would raise their hand, right? That, that's a general appeal. Specific appeal is, is the personal issue that we go into. And these are the ones that might be uncomfortable but are needed in the, in the time of uh, conviction. Uh, give the general appeal. Give the specific appeal when you see the, the sign of conviction. So, so I'm sad, uh, sad about your, your experience there. I hope, hope that we, all of us will be cautious to our friends and try to help them into that, that um, uh, being comfortable in, 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 in giving Bible studies. And, yeah. I mean, do that. I mean, just an appeal could be just... Uh, sorry that I'm, I, I stuck on, I'm stuck on this question, but... Uh, an appeal could just, just, just say, just tell your friend how it was for you. Did you get that? Just tell your personal experience and just invite them to do the same thing. You, you, you got my appeal about the Sabbath, right? That just, otherwise, you can listen to this recording. That's, that's, I think that's a good experience of just sharing. I mean, this is what it means to me. Now, God invites us through what we have studied. He invites you and me to that experience again.
let's make that decision together, right? So it's not like, okay, do you want to do this? And like waiting, and now you need to do that. Do you get that? It's all about the attitude and personal preparation and how you share and focus on Jesus in, in your Bible studies. Now we have gone over time. I saw some, some hands here. Do you still want to ask, ask that question? And then we'll, I'll take that last question. And then if you want to talk with me, let's come up here and we'll discuss some, some more if, if you want when the rest of us are leaving. Uh, otherwise, write to, to me here if you have any other questions. Otherwise, last question over there. Yeah. Good, really good question. Really good question. And what you do there is, uh, is to, as, as a quote here said, the only power that can make a person to overcome that is what? The, the love of God. Point them towards promises in the Bible once again. And that's why it's so important that you have asked that question, is there anything that would keep you? Because then they can't, not, they can't you just, you, you, they, because they are then thinking about something when they say, yeah, there is something. You say, so what is that? And they will tell you specifically what it is, right? And depending on what it is, you, 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 will, you will want to be prepared. Uh, that's also something I can send to this. I can send that to, to the email uh, list. Uh, I have a, a sheet of paper that helps me for this different objections. That was not the part. I did not cover that part here, but I have a... I have seminars also about how to deal with specific objections. Uh, like, and I will give you a sheet of paper this big that just says common objections that I've gotten and some Bible verses that will encourage us to, to deal with that objection. Point them to these questions and these promises and just um, specifically help them with that issue. Pray with them and say, hey, you know, I've been there. You're not alone. I've been there too. Uh, and this is how it was for me. You tell some other experience, a story, a testimony. You look in the Bible and see this is how Jesus dealt with that situation that you're going through right now. This is how Paul dealt with that. Look at this. Now, if God did that for them, he will do that for us today. Okay? And then you say, let's do this together. Okay? So that's how you would deal with, with uh, if, they, if they have struggled with it. Important part is this. Most, mo most of the times when people do not want to follow the truth, we tend to believe that it's because they are rebellious. And they're like, yeah, they, they don't love Jesus. They don't want to follow God, okay? Most of the time, we are judgmental and we say, oh, that guy, is, that's not a Christian. Or that's not a, an earnest seeker. Do you get that? That is most of the time not true. It can be true that we do not follow because of rebellion. But most of the time, it is because our friends doesn't have the proper information. They don't have the knowledge. They're just ignorant about the topic. They don't know. Or another, another thing is that they know what's true. They want to follow, but it is a struggle for them. Listen, you know it because you're a human being. You know what it is to face temptations. You know what it is to struggle with sin. You know what it is to go through conviction, right? That's why we need each other. That's why this, this experience here at GYC are so encouraging because we are among friends, we are among believers, we are among family. We need that. Pray for each other. Fellowship. Go to church. Go to prayer groups. Go to your youth group. Go out together. Spend time together, encourage and help each other. Oh, it is such an important part when we do mission work. 
find your partner and you help. Good question. Yes, sometimes, depending on, on there's one thing that works in, in uh, there's only one thing that works, uh, I believe, in, in, in how to give appeals. And that is this. It's, it's a method that is called uh, push, release, push, release. <laughs> so an appeal is to make a push, right? Now, take this chance now. Follow God, okay? If they do not answer for some reason right there, and, and if they know I need to pray about this, I need to go home and, and spend some time with this, then you step back, you release. Did you get that? Some of us, we are like push, 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 right? Will not work. Some of us are push, release, 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 and we just, oh, I can't talk about that anymore with that guy, okay? That will not work. They will not make the decision. One thing works, I have experienced, that is the push, release, push, release. Sometimes I've made an appeal. They might not be ready. They are saying, well, I'll pray about this until next week. I'll talk with my family. I'll deal with this. And I say, that's fine. I'll pray for you too. Now, the next week I come back, I might not do a push at the same appeal. Like, let's go through the, the Sabbath again. How has it gone? Did you follow that? The next week I might just prepare a Bible study. This is a practical tip. I might just prepare a Bible study about the importance of your simply following Jesus. About, the, 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 about Matthew chapter 7, how, how, the importance of building your life on, on, the, on the rock and not the sand. Did you get that? Just, just an encouraging Bible study like that for, or some, some kind of thing like that. That's a release. That's a building. Did you get that? And that's good. And then you might come back later because that's building up. And you, for example, the Sabbath. You have plenty of opportunity. First you present the Sabbath. They get that. They, they know that. They might come and visit once in, in, in Sabbath. They might start to keep Sabbath at home. Many of my friends started, have started to do that. Keep Sabbath in their home privately. And, and they start to do that. But eventually, you will get a chance again, right? Because God has called us as a movement to share the message of Revelation chapter 14, right? And the importance about the Sabbath in the end time and how it is seen in the fulfillments of the prophecies. So there you will come once again to the same kind of appeal, right? About following Jesus because you love him, following his commandments, not only the Sabbath, but all of them. That, and simply, in, in the time that we live in, in today, to follow the authority of the Creator above the authority of the creation, right? That appeal will come again. So, so you're, you're no problem in, in just letting them go for a while and then coming back. But if you, you, might, you, want, you want to try to deal with the questions that you, that you think that you can deal with right, right there, if, the, if there is something specific. If there is something they struggle with and say like that, this is hard, I need to talk to my family, I need to pray about this, give them that opportunity, right? Give them that opportunity. Thank you, brother, for that last question. Let's have a just short word of prayer. If you want to talk with me, I'm up here. Otherwise, write to me. Let's pray together. Yeah, we can stand up uh, together. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful uh, for 
that you have guided us and led us all through different, different experiences, through different uh, walks and journeys uh, with you, and that you have brought all of us together right now. And I pray, Father, that you will help all of us in some way to be more encouraged and inspired and also prepared to start sharing your wonderful word with human beings around us, with our friends, with our families, with people around us, that we will uplift Jesus and lead many of our friends to stand next to us that day when you come back, when we together can turn our eyes towards you and praise you for the salvation of both of us. That is my prayer. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This message was recorded through a partnership between GYC and GYC Europe at the 2012 conference in Linz, Austria. GYC are supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church seeks to inspire young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.